Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Transforming Word Podcast. We know that God is going to transform your life and take your life to the next level. We want you to relax, sit back, and get ready for this week's Transforming Word. Two weeks ago, I began talking to you about 3060 principle. I want to go back and continue, hopefully finish it today, if I can. Please turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. I'll read from verse 18 to 23. Um, You can read verses 1 to 9 um, for background, but I'll pick it up from 18 to 23 for the sake of time. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places... This is he who hears the word and immediately rejoices or immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the curse of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. I gave you the background of this wonderful parable the other time I would not repeat the background because of time so some seeds fell on wayside the Bible says they had the word they didn't understand it can you say to yourself today I will understand say it like you mean it say today I will understand revelation because when you don't understand revelation you know what happens the devil comes and takes away the word the seed that was sown the wicked devil so you know what happens right after church service the devil can't be here because this place is too charged. So he stays outside on the street waiting to see who did he understand. <laughs> he said, you look at you, did he understand the scripture? Let me just take the word from you, you don't need it. He goes to remove those who did he understand it. Please engage your mind, your heart, everything. When the word of God is being spoken, determine to understand it. Don't sit here and be thinking about the food on the fridge at home, your friend, a text message you didn't respond. All those distractions take you from understanding the word. It is the devil who does that. So that the moment you leave, he can take the word from you. And then there are those who, the seed that fell among stones. Bible says they actually heard the word. You know, they heard the word, received it immediately with joy. It means they heard it, they understood it. They were actually happy to hear the word. But 
They have no root in themselves. It's a very serious scripture. They have no root in themselves. They are not sure of themselves. They are no root in themselves. You look at them, hey, why are you looking at me? Somebody's looking at me. Sister, nobody's looking at you. You sit beside them, hey, how come this brother is sitting beside me? What do you want from me? Sister, relax. Brother, get some root in yourself. Relax, just relax. Don't take yourself too serious. Have some root in yourself. Bible says, in fact, they had the word. They were happy they had the word, but had no root in themselves. Ah, I've been thinking about this group of people. It's very strange. So, Pastor Rita, you and all your team of uh, psychotherapists, please help us get some root in ourselves. You know, self-confidence, self-whatever, self. You may think all these are not necessary, but Jesus is telling us those who had the word received it with joy, but had no root in themselves. When test and temptation came, they failed. It's important. Take a look at yourself from time to time. Fix yourself. Be happy about yourself. Thank God for what God has made you. Don't want to be like anybody else. Be yourself. Like your hair. Like your nose. Like your ear. Like your eye. Like everything about you. There's only you. Only one you. Only one you. Period. And the one who made you, after he made you, he broke the mold. So can't make anybody like you again. Then there are those who heard the word. The Bible says the seed fell on thorns. Seed fell among thorns. These people are very interesting. They heard the word. But two things, two things blocked the word. Worry, the cares of this world, and money, money, the love for money, two things, deceitfulness of riches, choked this word from bearing fruit. Worries, worry about everything. Read my book on overcoming worry to help, to help you. It helps so many people around the world. Overcome worry, worry. Jesus said, how many of you, by worrying, can add small hair to your hair? You can't. You go to the Baba, he takes the letter you have, brings it down, and then you have to wait for two weeks for it to come up again. So don't worry. Say to yourself, I will not worry in the name of the Lord Jesus because my father cares. Say it like you mean it. Say, my father, he cares. Yes, God cares about you. Cease worrying because it chokes the word of God from becoming fruitful in you. It chokes it. And then the deceitfulness of riches, love for money, worship of money, every little thing that some people, money has become a small G God. Whatever you can take with you when you die, don't live for it. Money is only 
a currency. It flows. Currency. Current. It flows. It flows. You use it, you get it, it goes. You use it, it's a currency. It flows. Don't let it bug you. But I'm focusing this morning on the seed that fell on good ground. And my question to you, which I posed to you the other time, they fell on good grounds, verse 23, who indeed, they heard the word, they understood it, fell on good ground. They received the word, they understood it, fell on good grounds. But on the good ground, some had 30-fold, some had 60-fold, some had 100-fold. So if it is on the good ground, how come we all didn't get 100-fold? Am I making sense to you? It's on the good ground. How come some got 60 good, 30 good, 100 good? It's on the good ground. He didn't say this ground is better than the other. It's good ground, but this ground is... He said it fell on good ground. Those that fell among the thorns had the same ending. Those that fell among the wayside had the same ending. Those that fell among the stones had the same ending. So those that fell on good ground should also have the same ending. How come we have 30, 60, and 100? So I've been trying to help us by the revelation of the Holy Ghost understand how we can move our lives from 34 to 60. How we can now improve the output of our lives. How you can go up. And I began to show a few, share a few principles and for your memory, I spoke to you about utilizing your time wisely. Number one, number two, I spoke to you about getting a friend to sharpen you. Get a good friend who will speak truth to you. Spend a friend who will make you better. Sharpen you, sharpen you. A good friend will sharpen you. They will look at you and tell you what you are thinking is not good. Many people don't have good friends. You have people who will celebrate you to death, but may God grant you good friends who will speak you to life. And then I spoke to you about growing your pain tolerance. You should be able to handle pain because that's where we grow. Nobody becomes better just by just chilling. Sometimes you need to go through some painful stuff and God orchestrates all this. So can I now continue? Can I? Let me see if I can go as fast as I want to. Number four, how do you increase the output of your life? Put yourself under leadership. Philippians 2, verse 19 and 20. Can you read it together with me? This is a scripture that really touches me. Paul was speaking about the son Timothy. Can we all read it together? Go. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly. Mm -hmm. That I also may be encouraged when I know your state. Uh huh. For I have. A, please let me hear you read it because this scripture is key. Go. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Paul said, I have Titus, I have Philemon, I have all this, I have everybody. But the only one I know 
who thinks like me is Timothy. Hear me carefully. How do you increase the output of your life? Put yourself under leadership. Find a leader. Find a mentor. Find somebody who will cause you to change the way you live, change the way you think, change the way you do things so that you can carry the person's thinking process. That is how you improve. That is why when you go to school and you're writing your thesis or you are, you are in the faculty, they put together all those who think like chemists and put them in the faculty of chemistry or department of chemistry. So if you want to think like a chemist, you don't go to the department of geography. And is that what they do? In your department, you have geographers there. Everybody thinks like a chemist, right? So it's department of chemistry. Everybody that thinks like a chemist. So by the time you finish your PhD in a year or two, you begin to think like them. You know what you are doing? You've put yourself under leadership. See, you call him your professor. But what you're actually doing is you went to say, for the next four years, I give you my time. I give you my attention. Please make me think like you. And he says, okay. Write this exam, write that, write that, write that. When you're finished, do this research, write this paper. If everything goes well, me and my peers will look at you and will consider you to be a pi hifa difa, a PhD holder, because you are thinking like us. You've added to knowledge. The way to improve, increase the output of your life is put yourself under leadership. Say after me, put yourself under leadership. Say, I will find a mentor find a leader, put myself there, and think like the way they do. He said, but every leader is not everybody. So, okay, find a leader you think is perfect. Put yourself there and think like them. Because somebody must sharpen the way you think. Somebody must change the way you do things. That is how you increase the output of your life from 30 to 60. Otherwise, you're on a good ground, but you'll still be 30. May God help us to move from 30 to 60 to 100, because it is possible. 100% is perfection. May God perfect his will in our lives. You need a leader. You need a mentor. You need somebody who will look at you and say, hey, sit down. You need somebody to say, hey, get up. Sometimes they will yell at you. Sometimes they will speak nicely. Sometimes they won't speak nicely. But it doesn't matter. When you go to the military, it doesn't matter how they speak to you. One day you come out. And when you come out, everybody will start saluting you. My son, I introduced to you two weeks ago, my son John, he texted me this week. He said, Daddy, I just graduated and I'm now stationed here in Alberta. And everybody's calling me, yes, sir, yes, sir. I'm not used to being called sir. I say, enjoy it. So I texted him, I said, yes, sir. He laughed and laughed. I said, daddy, I don't need yes, sir, from you. Look at how it is. Someone who's been in the military for 30 years, who is of a lower rank because he's an officer and put himself under stricter discipline, the person will have to salute him and call him sir. May even be as old as his father. Your increase in output is awaiting you finding a mentor, a leader, somebody 
who will work on your character. Say the things you don't want to hear. Help you get better. At the end of the day, people will salute you. And they will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Nobody enjoys going to school. I tell I don't care whether you are grade uh, uh, My son, Kevin, did you enjoy going to school? Ah, nobody enjoys it, though. But you enjoy being called a lawyer. I know. You go to court, you wear your robe, and, and you feel good. You walk in there, coco, coco. <laughs> but the process to get there is not fun. How many of you enjoy all the all nights of studying? And uh, uh, Rita, did you enjoy it? <laughs> Some of you are acting like you enjoyed school. You did. I can send you back to school. That's why not so many people want to do it. But I thank God you went to school and you've improved your life. Because it's tough. It's difficult. It's challenging. Sometimes you have to learn concepts you've never learned before. Push yourself under control. Somebody must tell you things you don't want to know or things you don't know about. But at the end, it's sweet when they put that degree in your hands and you tell everybody, I am BSCM. Show everybody this is what I've gotten. So, fourth thing you do, or fifth thing, fourth thing, is put your, what it is, normal. Number five, put yourself under leadership. Number six, number four, wonderful. Okay, number five, put yourself under, but number five, be faithful in another man's. Be faithful in what is another man's. Luke 16 verse 12, it says, and if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? What a question. If you have not been faithful, in what belongs to somebody else. Come, I want to use you for example. Come, show you something. See, if I am serving Kizito, the only way God will give me my own is how faithful I am to you. So, when I'm serving Kizito, it is for my own good. Because I'm serving him to prove to God that I can serve in what is another man's, which is not my own. In other words, I have overcome greed and selfishness. I've seen people, when they are doing something for themselves, they put everything because it's for them. That's selfishness and greed. But can you do the same when it is not for you? So you are not the manager in your department. Can you work like you are the manager? Can you go the extra mile? Can you do what others won't do? Because when you do that, you are setting yourself up to be the next manager. So you are not the head of your department. But can you work like you are the head of your department? Can you begin to work that way? Because when you do so... Uh, it's like you are sowing seeds for your own elevation tomorrow. May the Lord grant you grace. Amen. This part is so crucial. I've been in ministry by God's grace 38 years this year. Two more years, I would have been in ministry for 40 years. And I've seen people 
I have seen people who have done ministry under me. I've trained so many pastors by the grace of God. So many. When I say so many, I mean so many. God is my witness and my wife is. I've seen pastors who have served under me like the ministry was for them. And when they had their own, they exploded. And I've seen those who, when they were serving me, or serving under me, they did it like, when will this boy cry die? So I can replace him. And then they got their own. And the struggle continues. I always tell people, the greatest gift you can give to yourself to serve somebody. I thank God for the gift of serving somebody else for 25 years. Eh, the seed I've put there is what I'm enjoying today. Because the word cannot lie. Whatsoever a man sows, the same you reap. Whatever I sowed then is what I'm reaping today. I don't have the opportunity to go serve under somebody anymore. That gate is gone. That door is closed. So I can only enjoy what I did then. That is why every opportunity you have to serve, whether it's in business, in ministry, in industry, if you are serving somebody, even serving your husband, serving your wife, serving your children, please do it. Because when you serve somebody, you're actually helping yourself. Bless you, son. That is how you increase, one of the ways you increase the output of your own life, moving from 30 to 60. Can you make a declaration to yourself and say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, wherever I am serving, I will serve like it is for me. That is how you do it. That is how you do it. Today when I go to places all around the world and I see how I'm received, I see how, and I remember years ago, Regina, when I was a pastor in charge of all the visiting pastors, all the, way I, all the way I used to do, the things I used to do to them, the way I used to be, that's the same thing they do for me today. Many times I said, I said, wow, the scripture cannot lie. Scripture cannot lie, I tell you. Whatever you sow, eh, the same you will reap. So don't worry. Just don't worry. If you're a leader, don't worry about who serves and how they serve, you're doing yourself a favor by serving faithfully. If you are in an office, please don't be there five minutes before time and leave five minutes to time. No. That's not how leaders work. No, leaders work differently. Meanwhile, you're always on promotion. But five minutes before time, that's when you show up. And five minutes before closing, your bag is already ready. Or from your office, you've started your car. Your car is running. Somebody's watching you. Somebody's watching you. And in his mind or in her mind, they are saying, it's not fit. Because if I need you to stay to do an extra job for 30 minutes, will you really, really stay? One day I wanted to teach my son, Prophet Kweku, a lesson. And so 
after a long Sunday, we got a call to visit a family. It was around midnight. So I went to his room. I think he was even asleep. I said, quick, get up. I said, Dad, where are we going? I said, we're going to do something. Just go with me. And we went. So I, wanted, I used these moments to teach. So it was around midnight, and we're going. And he goes, Dad, where are we going? I said, let's go. We drove about half an hour out of town. And we went to see a family, and we ministered to them, and God used us. So when we were coming, I asked him, what did you learn from this? He goes, well, Dad, this is rough, man. <laughs> I like it. We know how he speaks. He said, well, Dad, this is rough, man. So after a whole day, you preach two times. You came home. You're tired, da, 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 da. And you get a call, and you are out there on the road. But I said, but what happened to that family? He said, if we didn't go, something would have happened. I said, this is how you do ministry. And I'm happy these days when I see him running to the hospital to see his, his young people running up and down. And, and I look at him and say, you see, oh, this is rough, man. But that's how it is. It's rough, man. Because I know he was sleeping. I purposely woke him up. Because if I called you at midnight, you won't pick up your phone. So the one who is there in the house that I can lock his door and wake up. I said, oh, yeah, get up, let's go. This, let's go learn a lesson. Go the extra mile. Invest yourself. I was telling them in uh, Nairobi the other time, I said, I don't even trust people who, at the end of the day, they are not tired. I don't trust people like that. You must get tired by the end of the day. Because you went and you poured yourself out. Am I talking to somebody? Don't just go and just do the least so you maintain your energy. You know, the least. No. Go labor on. Spend and be spent. Joyful to do the master's will. That is how you move from 30 to 60. You pour yourself out. Jesus said, my life is being poured out like water. Don't be in this house and do nothing. Find something. Serve. It will cost you, but save. People won't always be nice to you. That's okay. Serve. Nobody will say, or not everyone will say thank you. Still serve. Because once you are serving, you are helping yourself. Ah, it's enough. Let me move up. Noma, whatever Noma it is. Noma six. Put money in its rightful place. Luke 16, verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in, in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, to your trust, the true riches? Handle money well. Don't worship money. Use money to serve God and use money to help people. It says, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, which is the spirit of money, or money, who will give to you true riches? In other words, money is not true riches. Remember those who fell among uh, uh, the thorns. The Bible says, the deceitfulness of money, deceitfulness, deceitfulness of money, of, of riches. 
So to be able to move from 30 to 60, you must overcome the love for money. In Jesus' name, I release that grace over you. I said, I release that grace over you. You know how you overcome the love of money when you can give it. Whatever you can give controls you. I rebuke anyone whose life is under the control of the spirit of money. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. May God bring you to the place where money doesn't run your life to the glory of God. Once there's a need in the house, you must rise to say, what do we need to do? Arise and let's get it done. That is when you know you have overcome that. To the glory of Jesus, may your life count for the kingdom. Put money in its rightful place. Use it to bless the work of God. Use it to bless your family. Use it to bless people. Use it to take care of yourself. But prioritize it. God first. Don't love money. Don't. When you die, you can't take it with you. Oh, God, sister, please hear me. Knock the person and say, here, here. Don't fall in love with it. You can't. Listen, don't fall in love with it. Just use it to the glory of God. That's all. And after you have done that, God will find you faithful and put more in your hands. Because that's how it is. For years, I used to pray one prayer. I used to say, God, God, bless me. I said, put money in my hands and I will use it for your kingdom. I thank God I'm living my dream. Because my dream is to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. That's my dream. I'm living my dream. I'm telling you. The ability to give what I want to give to the kingdom of God is what I've been praying for for years. Now I'm doing it. And I want to bring you to that life. To the glory of God. Be a blessing to the kingdom. A blessing to people you meet. A blessing to your family. Let your children rise and bless you. And please, parents, please, don't be very wicked towards your children. Bless their lives. Don't just say, me too, I suffered. I want you to suffer. Don't do that. If you suffered, make the lives of your children easier because you suffered. Am I talking to somebody? I said, am I talking to somebody? You have what it takes but you allow your children to go to school to borrow money to go to university. They finish school, they are in debt. Why? You have what it takes. You do. You know why you know you do? Because where there's a will, there's a way. Where there's a will, there is a way. We're sitting at Nairobi airport and Kofi really wanted a ginger ale. And for some reason, wherever we were, we set the whole place, there was no ginger ale. So he came and he, he really needed one because of his stomach. I said, okay. He said, dad, I can't find one. I said, okay, sit down, I'll bring you ginger ale. He said, where will you find one? I said, don't worry. So I'm walking all around the airport looking for ginger ale. And true, there was none anywhere. Then I remembered, ah, 
I have a business class ticket. I didn't go to the lounge because I didn't want to leave the boys alone. So I walked to the business class lounge and there was gingerella all over. <laughs> so they are not selling them outside, but it's the business, business class lounge. So I went and I grabbed three bottles. And I walked out. <laughs> and nobody asked me any question. So I went to a guy to open up for here. He said, where did you get it from? I said, from the business lounge. He said, you are not supposed to bring them out. I said, who cares? This is my ticket. I'm from the business. Open that thing. Let me go. And then he opened it. So I came walking with three bottles. I said, coffee here, quick here. Me too, I took one. He said, dad, where did you? He said, where did you get it from? I said, where? There's a whale. There's a whale. That's all I said. Where there's a whale, there's a whale. Whatever I needed to do to move, to make sure, he took that ginger ale, his stomach settled, were able to fly. I don't believe in excuses. I really don't. I don't. If you want to do it, you can get it done. Because there is always a way. God will make a way. No matter whatever. Handle small things well. Luke 16.10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is faithful in what is least is, is, and he who is and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Handle small things well. You see, you are, if you are too big to do small things, you'll be too small to do big things. Some people believe that they deserve big positions. Now, I don't believe there's anything called big position. I just believe in small things. If you do small things well, you'll be promoted to do bigger things. He who is faithful in what is least, small things. Do small things well. For your life to grow from 30 to 60, handle small things well. When you are given small things to do, do it well. Put your signature on it. Now you go to your office and your manager wants you to, to do something small. You are fumbling with it. How are you going to be promoted? Find a way and get it done. Break your back. Do your research. Study. If it means you need to study at home to get it done, do it. Prove that you are worth it. Prove that you are an excellent worker. Get it done. In small things, do it well. Sometimes I test people by just giving them small things. I do it on purpose. I'm waiting to see how you can handle those small things. And I watch. If you can't handle a small church, how are you going to handle a big church? You see many preachers. They want a church this size with thousands of people to be giving to preach. But the first day I preached as a pastor on my own, my church was only five people. That day I preached like I was talking to a stadium. The, uh, one of the members there said to me, Pastor, did you realize we're only five people here? 
I said, well, you saw five, but I saw a whole bunch of people. He said, well, only five people. You were screaming and shouting like the whole city was here. But we're only five. I said, you saw five. Handle small things well. Say, I will handle small things well. That's how you do it. You are growing from 30 to 60. I'm showing you a few principles. Let me quickly finish this. Uh, next week we preach Christmas. Um, number whatever. What number am I at? Number eight. Remember the grain principle. John 12, 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. In other words, your increase comes from dying. You need to die to yourself. You need to die to your feelings. You need to die. Die. Just die. Die. Die a little bit. Die. 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 Some of you are too alive. Just die. <laughs> Unless the grain of wheat dies, it abides alone. Increase comes when it dies. Jesus had to die for you and I to be saved. One person died, brought the whole generation to God. You need to die a little bit. Just die. Just die a bit. Die. I need to die. You need to die. Increase comes from dying. Sometimes God will take us through situations to cause us to die. Your best comes out after dying. Your best comes out after that. You need to chill. You need to die. Let something break on the inside of you. Then you know God is at work. From there, you know what God will do? He will pick you up and build you up again. That's how it is. That's how it is. Die. Die. Remember the green principle. Number seven, number nine. Utilize what is in your hands. David had a sling to kill Goliath. Samson had the jawbone of an ass to kill 1,000 Philistines. Moses crossed the Red Sea with a rod. Peter and John gave to the lame man what they had. Paul was a tent maker. Utilize what is in your hands. Everybody has something in your hand. There's a gift God gave you. God never created anybody empty. Everybody has something. But you know what we are doing? Sometimes we leave what we have. I want what Pastor Greg has. I see he has a jaw of an ass. A jaw of an I like that. And then we so I like, uh, brother, he has a, a, a sling. He killed Goliath. I like that sling. He said, no, I like Moses. Moses had a rod. I like it. He said, I like Paul. Paul was a tent maker. I like, no. You also have something. You see, when you know what you have, eh, you will not have to worry about what somebody else has. Because God created you and put in your hands something to increase you. Oh my God. I can speak on this all afternoon. There is something God put in you to increase you. If you're a mathematician, utilize that gift. If you know how to speak, utilize that gift. If you can plan very well, utilize that. If you're an economist, utilize it. 
If you're an engineer, utilize it. If you're a policymaker, utilize it. Utilize the gift you have. It's meant to put you over life. Whatever gift you have, a man's gift will make room for you. Moses brought the people to the Red Sea. And he's looking at the Red Sea and looking at God. God said, take what is in your hand. It's a rod. He said, what do you have in your hand? It's a rod. Point the rod. Utilize what is in your hands. Utilize it. It's meant to put you over. It will increase you. It will increase you. It will increase you. You have something in your hands. I, I wish you could tell your neighbor, look at them and say, you have something in your hands. See, you, you, you have something in your You know, the problem is we have not taken time to discover what you have in our hands. Yeah, many of us don't know. If I'm to ask you now, you'll be telling me things you don't have, but you have something. Some will be looking at what other people have, but you have something. You have something in your hands. If you've been gifted the ability to pray, or God, pray until angels start falling from the ground. That's what you have in your hands. Use it. Utilize what you have. Yes, utilize it. I can't plan things like the way my wife Regina does. I can't. I'm not gifted that way. She has the ability to look at small, small things. I don't have the time. She would tell me, oh, I haven't seen this sister in church. I haven't seen that brother. I didn't see who didn't show up. I don't know how she sits here. is able to tell me, oh, I haven't seen this brother. I, did, I saw everybody. <laughs> but I'm a big picture guy. Let me give you a vision. Let me tell you where we are going in five years. Pull that from me. That's what I have. I can show you where we are going. 20 years from now, I can show you where we will be. I can give you the big picture. But don't ask me to, to plan the Christmas what, soiree. We used to call it poree. Where do you get soiree from? What does soiree mean? Okay, it's French. Le voici. Angers, je vais prêcher en français. Par la grâce de Dieu. I don't have the patience and the ability to even sell the tickets. I say, hey, why didn't you buy the ticket? What's wrong with you? She will tell you, oh, you need to come to the party. It's going to be nice. Yes, I take it for you. I don't have that patience. I say, hey, hey, you, what's wrong with you? You didn't buy the ticket. Get out of here. Buy the ticket. <laughs> because in my mind, I'm already in uh, December 2020. I've crossed 2020 already, in case you don't know. I'm living in December 2020. I'm looking at where you are going. I'm looking at where God is taking you. I'm looking at where God is taking this house. I'm looking at where this vision is going. I'm looking at the lives that will be touched. I'm looking at the people who will be impacted. I'm looking at the missions we'll be doing. I'm looking at the things. 
That's, that's what is in my hand. That's what I have. So, you know, if you ask me to plan a soiree, there will be no soiree. There will be none. We'll have a prayer meeting. That's my soiree. Kabale. Ha! Kebababa. Let's kill all the demons. Some of you do also to get together. You want to dance. I have no time for that. Okay. I have no. When you do that, it's like you're taking fish out of water. You put me in the eye. I don't know what to do. I, oh, my God. When we were in Nairobi last week, but now they were really, really entertaining us and Pastor Kathy and Bishop Kina's home, beautiful home. And they had uh, a little party and all sorts of things. And they wanted us to dance. Oh, my God. The boys took a video. Please don't show it to anybody. I was tired. I had preached two sermons. I just needed to go sleep. Now all of us had to dance. All of us, uh, yes, I, I endured it. <laughs> And I kept telling them, mom would have loved this. I said, I know my wife. Oh, my God. She'll be the first person leading every. Everybody is different. Utilize what is in your hands. That's what makes life, life. Let me close. Increase the output of your life. Number 10 or whatever. By... Increasing your focus. Next thing, stay focused. Too many people are distracted. Stay focused. Isaiah 50 verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And I know that I will not be ashamed. Stay focused. When Kofu was growing up, he had issues with focusing. He just couldn't focus. So one day I went out and I bought a bunch of pencils. You remember Kof? Is he here somewhere? I bought a bunch of pencils. And on each of the pencils was written focus, focus, focus. I don't know how many I bought, so many. And I gave to him and I said, each time you see this pencil, see what is written there, focus, focus, focus. So I gave him a whole bunch of pencils. Today he's one of the most focused individuals I know in life. Stay focused. If you need to work on your focus, come, I'll help you. You cannot be distracted. Every little thing shouldn't distract you. Stay focused. Sir Winston Churchill, former British Prime Minister, made a statement. He said, if you tend to look at every dog that barks, you'll never get your destination. You are going, and then here, woo, woo, woo. Then you stop to check it out. Then you come back. Then here, woo, woo, woo. Then you go check it out. How are you going to get to where you are going? So when you hear the dogs bark, learn how to ignore the barks of the dogs. Just keep going. God is taking you somewhere. Can I hear you say, God is taking me somewhere? I stay focused. I stay focused. I stay focused. Confess it until it gets into your spirit. Stay focused. I stay focused. Whatever your hands finds to do, do it. Paul was going to Jerusalem and everybody, every prophet was telling him, Paul, you will die. You. He said, listen, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself, but that I must finish my race with joy. Stay focused. 
You are going somewhere. Get there. When you get there, the world will celebrate you. Stay focused. That's how you increase the output of your life. The next thing, examine yourself. 2 John 1.8. Do self-examination. From time to time, evaluate yourself. Evaluate yourself. Where am I? How am I doing it? Evaluate yourself. It will help you to increase your output. From time to time, take um, an audit of your own life. Audit your life. Ask yourself, how am I doing? The next, the next thing is reach out for divine hands. Pray often and fast. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Pray and pray and pray. By prayer, you'll be increasing the output of your life. Pray. The next I don't know what number it is anymore. Embrace wisdom. Proverbs 24, 5. The wise are mightier than the strong. Embrace wisdom. Embrace wisdom. I like it. I like it. I like it when some of our young people, they, they come looking for wisdom. I like it. I like it. Embrace wisdom. Let somebody speak wisdom into your life. We have great leaders amongst us. Great examples. Go to one of them. Say, please, this is what I'm dealing with. Speak wisdom to me. Embrace wisdom. A wise man is strong. Let me quickly uh, finish. The next thing, get involved in ministry. Proverbs 10, 12. Go to church. He says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do but encourage one another. Every time we come to church, we encourage one another. So get to church. When you come, you will have the electricity of the moment. You'll be encouraged. You'll be touched. Get involved in church. And the last thing I want to tell you, I think it's number 15, I guess. Delight in the word of God. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scuffle. Delight in the word of God. You know why? The word of God is like mirror. The word of God is like water. It washes us. The word of God is a double-edged sword. The word of God. Delight in the word of God. Spend time meditating on it. Interact with the word on a daily basis. Let the word reflect you. It's a mirror. When you look in the word, it shows you how you look. Delight yourself in the word. When you do some of these things I've shared with you, friends, you'll be increasing your output from 30 to 60, then to 100. Because if you're on good soil, your output must increase. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord increase you. May your output grow. May you, may you grow from 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 to 70 to 80 to 90 to 100. On this good soil, may you become all God wants you to be. May you never miss out on anything divine hands has for you. This morning, before I sign off, I want to pray for anyone here who is saying to God, I want my life to grow in output. Yes, I'm on a good soil, but I can increase in output. I want to really increase in output. I want to move from 
where I am to where I ought to be. I want to pray for such people. Can we all please stand? As a pastor, I, I know that I can do better. I know. I'm gifted. Maybe I've been hanging around with the wrong people. Maybe my focus is not in shape properly. Maybe I don't interact with the word like I should. Maybe, you know, I can't tolerate much pain. Maybe I'm having issues with money. Or maybe, just maybe, I don't know how to save another man's ministry, another man's office. I don't know how to do it too well. Just maybe, just maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. But you say, I want my life to increase. I want my life to touch people. I want to grow from grace to grace. This is your moment. If there's a soul here like that, I'd like to pray for you. Just make your way forward. I, I just want to pray for you. I, I want to minister to you this morning. 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 La suvarea Marosa valababaya bea. Sumande breka babaya beria lolala. Subare poke pekeria lalala. Sumande bare soveteri bakaya bara. Mora savare poke bara tudi babaya bara. Sumande beria labakoama. While you are here, can you just open up to God? Just open up, be very honest. Tell God, God, I can do better than where I am right now. I want to do more. I want to do better. I want to grow from 30 to 60. I want to move on from 60 to 100. Thank God if you are at 60, move to 100. If you are 30, move to 60. Talk to God right now, saints. There is help available in His presence. Maybe you need a mentor. Maybe you need somebody who will, who will speak into your life. This morning, open up to God. Wherever you are, you can do better. We're going to 2020. Tell God, I want my output to be better and greater in 2020 than it has been in 2019. By the grace of God, you're on a good soil. Why be 30 when you can be 100? Talk to God right now, please. Go ahead and talk to God and talk to God and talk to God. Go ahead and talk to God. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Transforming Word. We hope that your life was blessed and that this word touched you and met you at the point of your need. If you want to contact us further, please do so at www.transforminglifecenter.org. God bless you.